Here we go, Sportsbook Radio for a Friday from the Brian Blessing Studio in Las Vegas. Brought to you by Station Casinos and the STN app. Great party last night, guys. And we'll, this, we're going to have a little bit of a different show today. And I thought, you know what? Brian, the, I'm using the inspiration of Brian Blessing because one of the things that Brian always could do is come in and just do a show. And because I went to, we'll talk about the draft party at Red Rock last night. Uh, because I went there, it wasn't. It was very difficult to try to, you know, book guests and and focus. I mean, it was it was a lot. But we'll we'll talk about that. That's Stevie Slapshot. That's Chris Moose Johnson on my right. How you doing, Chris? Moose. Doing good. Doing good. Good. How was your? Uh, so you had a. You were on assignment, like yep. we we said yesterday. Yep. And um, our our intern was on his first assignment that we had nothing to do with. And you were uh, doing a draft party, like a family draft party, right? Basically, we went uh, we went to the actual draft stage and went to go to the whole fan experience. Oh, hold on. Oh, you yeah. did? Yeah, we went to the whole thing. Yeah. Okay, so let let me let's walk through that a little bit. Yeah. How difficult was parking? How difficult was navigation? I mean, walk me through what you did because yeah. I had this fear. Now yeah. I do not like. I'm not a huge crowd person. Yeah. Although you know, I go to sporting events all the time and concerts. I, for some reason, that doesn't make me have anxiety. Yeah, I, I think because there's a a general focus as to why everybody's there, whether it's the game mm-hmm. or the show. But when you're in a situation like that. Mm-hmm. Like I saw the crowd on TV, and I thought to myself, "Man, I am, I am glad I am in my little booth here at Red Rock." I was all inside that giant crowd. You were so there. I was there. Yeah. So how so, close to the stage were you? Um, I was about like about like a hundred feet out from the barrier inside okay. the actual thing. Like, it's like there's the draft part, which all the exclusive fans get to be in. It's, it's all like season ticket holders. So we weren't in there, but we went into the like general population crowd. And it was um, basically the general population cloud. We were there, and like it was like a hundred feet away from the barrier, so it was pretty close. It wasn't too far away, but we kind of kept on moving up and moving up and moving up yeah. because people like they like wait for their favorite team to draft, and, and then they get out. They get out of there. Yeah, and they were smart about doing that. But I wanted to go watch the Weezer concert after, so I stayed for the whole thing until like ten o'clock, ten thirty last night. So I was there from like around ten in the morning to I'm actually I'm, my bad not ten in the morning, but like twelve in the afternoon to like ten o'clock at night. See, Steve, what I could have done. And I didn't realize yeah. that you were actually there. Yeah, I, I thought you and your family were just sitting around the TV. Oh no, I, we I, I could have yeah. called you. Yeah, you could have been a guest. I could have been a guest completely there, and it would have been yeah. Let's see, now do you regret like? I, I, I okay, reg- well let me several I, things I regret. Yeah, no, I understand that. We could do a whole show on regret. <laughs> <laughs> I regret for sure. But but what was the water situation? Like I'm I'm looking at this and as a. You know, God, that's not twenty anymore. I, I start thinking about other things. Like, what was the water situation? And oh, that water situation there was actually amazing. So I got to give it props completely. Las Las Vegas held it down. They yesterday. crushed this. They Didn't crushed they? this. Yeah, one hundred percent. That's what right. I heard too. So basically, you walk in right, and at first we're like, man, this line's like taking forever. Like we're waiting in line for this, but we're like they're like eleven forty, eleven forty-five. It gets, the gates open at twelve. So we got there. The gates open at twelve, and then. Every line just flew through. Like, it was an open gate, and, like, no one just – you could just go in and out, basically. It was easy to go in and out. Um, we went through all the – all the fan experiences were amazing. You got to, yeah. I, got to, I took I a mean, picture. I hear that a lot. I took a picture with the Lombardi yesterday, which was a really cool uh, moment. I got to see, like, the Lombardi up close. So you were, you were with Vince. That's I was, amazing. Yeah, it was, it was there. It was cool. It was such an amazing thing. Like It's like, it's like kind of like seeing the Stanley Cup at UNLV for a little bit. When did, you put your, did you put your face through the – what, the Jim Plunkett? <laughs> cut out and like hey it's me Jim Plunkett actually I didn't there was a there's like, there like a bunch of like, like jerseys like set it up and stuff <laughs> like that that's it was what weird. I was really trying to say I was I couldn't do those at all I was like I'm not doing that because like I have, I'm, I'm too tall for it 
because the things were all in my height. So like I could just put my head on it, but like there's like a standing thing. So like my chest would be above it. So I just didn't do it. I was like, you know, what? I'm not doing this. And then we should you should have done that. I should have done it. You should do it. I should do it just to show. Believe me, I mean, it's for yeah. it's for the show. Now we can. Put oh it yeah, on. no, I'll start doing that. I have pictures with. Um, Any, anytime you can embarrass yourself, please I'll, do. I'll, I'll do that 100. I'll send pictures to you guys 100. Yeah. Um, there's a cool like a cool um giant chrome helmet wall of all the different teams and stuff, which is uh, a beautiful wall. The Walter Payton Man of the Year award was there. I took a picture with that. Um, there's the AFC cha- uh, AFC Pro Bowl trophy, NFC Pro Bowl trophy there, a bunch of locker rooms. Like, it was it was insane. They did so well with that. And then the water situation, they had uh, water stations where you could basically get a water bottle. Yeah. And then you could just keep yeah. on refilling the whole day. So smart. I didn't do that. I just bought like four waters because I was being dumb and I just – So was, were there people walking around selling it? Um, no. There's actually just – there's just stations like say, hey, just come buy your drinks and stuff. There's a whole alcoholic drink section in like one area, and right? Where it has, all, all the Eagle fans. Were. Yep, yep. Basically, there's all those there. There's a lot of Cowboy fans there though too. Both sides. I don't know if you're trying to do that. With Eagle fans were there too. Both of us were there. Morons. But um, there was a giant food area, which was just there's like a food section, there's a drink section, a bunch of cool different restaurants like Guy Fieri's. Uh, restaurant really? There. Yeah. All uh, in Gordon, that area. Gordon Ramsay, all this, uh, all this place there. It was it was amazing. See. There was a there was a Crown Royale like little spot to get shots if you wanted to get Crown Royale there. It was there was a lot of stuff there that was just open for the public to come in, come in and out, have a good fan experience, and then the draft situation. There's there's not much seating there, so you're standing up. No, a you're lot of standing the time. I, I a saw lot of the time that, yeah. from like so from like twelve to like ten thirty. I was standing the whole day, so it was brutal on the legs. My legs were hurting bad last right. night, but it was well worth it because. Where did you park? Um, I didn't park. Actually, we had because we did this really smart. Me and my dad went together, right? So my mom dropped us off. So she just dropped off and so she drove cute. back. You know, you that's be, when you're nineteen. You my mom smart. dropped me off. Hey. <laughs> I know. Hey, you know what? Hey, I was like, this is a great idea. No parking. You have to worry about parking. It was perfect. The parking mom still, does she still have wood on the side of her car? No. No. <laughs> no. No. But, uh, you yeah, know, we had a great time. Um, it was really fun. Basically, a lot of the um, a lot of the Cowboy fans were really loud behind me because I was wearing my Eagle gear. Well, we're angry. Yeah. So I mean, they were, we've been angry they were yelling. But then they, then they got Zion Johnson, and I was like, ah. No, 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 Tyler Smith, Tyler Smith, my bad, okay. Tyler Smith, okay. it was Tyler Smith, I know Zion Johnson went uh, earlier than that, and I was like, why did he go there, I remember that, I, I think was, it's a good pick, it's a good pick, I, I was very excited, it, Tyler Smith is a really happy. good pick, yeah. yeah, but I mean, in my opinion though, with all the Eagle fans around me too, we were beyond ecstatic yesterday with the Jordan Davis and then A.J. Brown trade, that was like the greatest thing that could have happened, plus the Niners got screwed out of like trading Debo, basically, and uh, on... I lost my train of thought in a second, but yeah, I mean, so that that's good. Yeah, I, I'm glad because the, uh, Steve, I and I don't know how you picture things, but when I was contemplating going down there, mm-hmm. um, my thought was, oh, it's going to be what was there, hundred thousand people, easily, easily. I think that's what they they said it was a hundred thousand people, and I just pictured. Like, where would the media go and where? I mean, is it going to be comfortable? Oh, man. Media I, had the best spot. Uh, in the house. Of course they I did. I was so mad about it, too. <laughs> I was like, I almost applied for media, too, like, uh, for earlier. And I was like, dude, I didn't do it and I messed out. So they got, so media, I could tell exactly who they were because you, you can just notice it when you're in there, right? I saw they're in this little. They're all the nerds. You, like, you're sitting there, they're in this, like, top little up section, right? Yes. With a, I knew with that's a, what With this... a tent, with a tent. Yeah. And, like, chairs. And they had the part of the draft stage open so they could watch the draft closer than anybody else could. So, what was the deal with the stage at Bellagio? What, what am I missing Dude, with that? That there... thing was. I didn't even go to that. I what, just, what was that? So, so that that was for uh, rock performances afterwards. Okay, so that's, that's where Weezer performed. No, uh, Weezer don't performed know. on the main stage. Yeah, but but there the were stage. there were other bands that, that they were going to have the the, the guys walk out that's over the thought. water. That's that, what I thought. originally, but they decided that wasn't a good idea, and I, I think they were probably right about that. Everybody's going to yeah. be yeah. walking across there. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, so anyway, that 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 stage then became for bands afterward. There, okay. were, there were bands that performed there afterward. Basically, the beginning too with it is like they had all the all the main guys that were there to come take their draft picks. They kind of walked across the stage in their outfits and showed off like it's like a red carpet show off. Outfits, are yeah, out of control. They were they were, they were out going there. on. They were doing. They had their own little like walkway, which was cool to see them have because they're all young guys. They're all trying right. to like 
like make a statement with their well, outfits. Derek Carr's hair made a statement. Derek Carr looked and same looked like Chris Bryant for a little bit there. Had Derek the same, Carr. Same I, let me tell you something, okay? And, and I'm just you know, bear with me. If, yeah. you, if you're upset about this, whatever, you know, get over it. Yeah. If we if there's ever a Pirates of the Caribbean, Las Vegas. <laughs> hold on. If there's ever a Pirates of the Caribbean, Las Vegas, it's going to be Johnny Depp, Derek Carr, and Shane Knighty. 100%. It is going to be the star of, of oh, Pirates yeah. of the I Caribbean, can, Las Vegas. I, I, mean, oh, yeah. I, I swear to God, I mean, you put a bandana on these dudes and, you know, maybe a peg leg and a parrot. I mean, they are dead ringers for pirates. I like oh, so. it. It's, was, it's know, great. Get over it, guys. Oh, yeah. You're all like, oh, I'm going to tell Bill Foley on you. But, yeah, that draft was amazing. All the fans are great. Um, a lot of people don't know how to hold their liquor, though. I'll be completely honest with that. Huh. They, That's they, never they, happened before. Very, right? Right? very strange. Very strange, are right? We, what, no. what we're talking about... There was like so many commander fans. There was some command. There's like one commander fan the whole way. There. Well, you Let's know what's great there. about the draft is when they showed the fan bases. Yeah, and you know when Jacksonville was going off, I, I was they showed the you know, Jaguar fans. Yeah, and I'm like, oh my god, this is so great because That's we got every base. one of them at this draft. <laughs> That's the whole. That's fan awesome. Base. I mean, that, what a great event for them. They travel well. You know what? The Lions fans were immense there, though. I'm not even going to lie. There was a lot of Lions fans there. I ran into a lot of them. It was insane. We were in a pack of Lions fans for like a good minute in the beginning. Pack of Lions fans. Yeah. It was insane. I don't know how to. I didn't know. It's how a pride. To, it's a pride of. Lions. It is pride, a pride. But yes. It's a pride of Lions fans. But yeah, yeah no, they this were all is not there. A lot to be prideful. Um, didn't see a single. I saw. Well, this one is their day. This, <laughs> I mean, they're, this, they're not going to win any games. Yeah. This is their day. That's their day. But yeah, there's only one Texan fan that I saw there. And he had it was more than the, it was like he dressed in like all like crazy Texan gear and like his jersey said zero yeah it was Super mat- Bowls it was mattress Mike and I was like oh wow he has zero Super Bowls on his jersey that's that's a, that's great I love this guy he's yeah, I was the only Texan fan I saw there and yeah that's basically it well the no Cowboys fans. Uh, no Falcon no really? Falcon fans I didn't see a but Super by Falcon the way fan. speaking yes, of, speaking of Cowboys did you happen to see Jerry Jones show his draft board. No. He showed his draft board on video. You, you you can find it on the internet. He showed his draft board. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> the guy's wacky. Uh, He's nuts. Man. Well, that's not as bad as what I did. You don't know this story. Back with yeah. Brian. Uh, Brian and I were doing a show, and Bill Foley was in studio, and nobody knew. In fact, we were the two uh, people, I think, that saw the logo before anybody else. And so Bill Foley comes in and is talking about the logo and shows us. And we're like, oh, this is, we really liked it. I I still like the logo. I still think it's incredible. It's probably top five in the league. The problem that day was I decided we were going to have Facebook Live. This was my big addition to Brian Blessing's show. Mm. You know, I was very proactive. Mm-hmm. Well, the problem was, I almost showed the logo to the entire <laughs> hockey hockey world, Whoa. and so you know, Brian, Brian said, "Oh, we're going to take a break real quick, uh, and I, we have something to address." And I'm like, "Okay, great." He says, "You might want to take the camera down." <laughs> so you know, and of course, Foley doesn't. He didn't really care that yeah. much. I mean, he almost told. Everybody, the name of the team on the show. Brian almost got it. The one thing that's great about Bill, and he he is, I mean, you could really feel, you know, somebody's vibe. And, you know, I'm critical when I feel like it deserves it, but I've never felt that way about him. No. Yeah. And I've always liked the way he handled himself and himself and how forthcoming he was. He's genuinely excited about what he had. Uh, to to start and I and I know he wants to win and and for me we may not agree with everything uh, believe me they George McPhee's forgotten more about hockey than I'll ever right know the rest of my life but at the same time I also do it for a living as well and, and so we have the right to be in the media to this is what we do we criticize but for Bill Foley I have all my uh, I have every ounce of me thinks and appreciates the fact that the owner of the team in my city wants to win. So I'd never be critical of him. But anyway, great experiences with him. Uh, 
you know, we had a chance. We've had him in the studio a bunch of times, had him over at Oasis. Uh, this is a great guy. So, anyway, so the, back to the to the draft last yeah. night, and I'll ask you more about this, but last night was the draft party up at Red Rock. Yeah. And I was more than happy to go there because, I, again, I my foreshadowing of what would have happened because I just thought it's going to be I, – I had this picture of, like, EDC where there was just <laughs> all these people and just nutcases and – not when I wanted to be involved in yeah. P- parking. I didn't want to walk three miles, although I probably should. That's another story I'll bring up. And I just thought if I got, you know, Chuck's got this party going on, that, that's my out. And I gladly took it. Yeah. Um, so we walked in and, you know, it was all the, the tiered seating behind the sports book, was, which was great. And I you know, walked right up to Chuck and I said hi to Mike, uh, Mike Tyson and, 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 um, He's, you know, embraced me. It was, which is really nice because I'm not, and I really try to be more of a extrovert, but I'm really not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just not in my nature. I, I'm very introverted. But once you open the door, you can't, you can't ever close. The door, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. So probably people are afraid to open it. Um, so he gave you a big hug, and, and your face was right in the middle of his chest. Probably just above the belly button, maybe he's like six seven. Oh, right? Mike Tice. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, yeah. no, no, Mike Tice didn't give me a hug. He oh, gave oh, me a oh, it was Chuck. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, it was so, nice. so so Chuck was right in the middle of your chest. Then Chuck's a shorter guy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't judge people on like no, I'm just, other I'm, people. That I'm just. I'm night. just saying. Sometimes that can be awkward when you when when the, when the size is a little different. No, you know what was awkward is when he turned his head and you know. I, Kind of put my hand on his. <laughs> that would be awkward. I mean, that was awkward. That would I mean, be awkward. He just he didn't let go, but that was awkward. But anyway, a fantastic job last night. And so to set the scene for this party, it, it, you walked in, and Chuck was right on it. Like he he saw he was talking to Matt Humans, and I walked over, uh, said hi to Matt. And then, you know, that's when I uh, spoke with Chuck, and he was like, here's some drink tickets, you know, knowing <laughs> I don't drink at all. Like, I'm like, where's the water? Because I had, you know, a 20-yard walk from the parking lot. Um, so they had uh, booths reserved, which was great. Um, I had proof to my wife that was actually at a, at a draft party because uh, the name was on the, was on the thing. Uh-huh. And... Um, so we had our own booth. Like, if anybody from KSHP came, that's where our nice. booth would have been. And watched the draft. Now, here's the story behind this. So Mike Tice and Corey Chavis were there, met, met both of them. Mm-hmm. And so they were – this was a running commentary the whole draft between them, which was good. A little loud, but it was good. Um, and so – what was going on is Mike kept on nailing these draft picks. Wow. Like, he went 11, 12 deep. And Chavis would say, oh, you're 12 for 12. And then after a while, you're like, okay, uh, enough. So what it was is I finally figured out what was going on. Because he would say his selection, you know, about five minutes, or, you know, after the last pick. And he said, this is who I think. And like 30 seconds before, he would change it. Well, what's going on is there's different feeds in the casino. Right. Yeah. And the big and the big uh screens mm-hmm. were the latter feed. Right. The smaller screens were the quicker feed and you could clearly see who was drafted 30 seconds before and all of a sudden Tice would go, "Oh, I think this guy's going to get drafted." <laughs> you know, and Corey's like, "You're amazing." And I'm like, "Wait a second here." But he he did nail some, that's for sure, uh before you know when he when he had his pick beforehand, but um, so it was good. I stayed until the Cowboys pick, and then I and then I left. I mean, I was just uh, you gotta you gotta get ready for the show the next day, which I totally did not do. This is why we're just talking, and I was trying to get. And usually, this is a Saturday thing, and I'll tell you how we, how it goes on the weekend. On Saturdays, I usually just Saturday mornings is my is my guest, and I try to get whoever I think is going to be relevant to what Vegas or Vegas sports would be doing this upcoming week. That's my thing. Um, so if you follow me on Twitter, you'll see me. If some guys don't have the mail option on their Twitter account, you'll see me say, 
hey, can you follow me so I can send you a DM? I don't care what anybody thinks. This is how we get guests. Yeah. Until we get them, and then they're a guest because they like coming on. And so, you know, I was trying to do that last night. Last Saturday, I wasn't able to do it because, you know, kids. And so it ran into Sunday, and, you know, I was a little bit behind when Friday came. And I wasn't able to do it yesterday at, at the draft party. But anyway, the fact is that one aspect of what I said with Chuck yesterday was absolutely true. I was, when it was done, I, I left, got on the freeway, and off the mountain's edge I go. Right. And it was great. And, and that's the part that I'm very happy about because no matter how much you want to say it was great on the strip and it was a great experience, and it probably was. Yeah. I, I'm just trying to make myself feel better. But <laughs> at the end, when you're ready to get home, you want that's when you feel that's when you feel good but it was good i mean it was it was a lot of fun and it sounds like the draft it sounds like las vegas absolutely crushed it which brings me to the next question again as to we should never not hold this this should be our event this should be our event 100 percent. and everybody that was there that i saw that was on the draft stage they kept on repeating this is this is a different level than every other city before that we've gone to yes. for the NFL draft. This is like the NFL draft was okay before other cities. This is at a different level, and this this is Las Vegas at this point. And the thing about it too is when it and I and I can imagine when it got dark and the strip started to light up. Oh I mean, my. you can't duplicate that anywhere. It was I, beautiful because of that fact. I'm excited. I guess it. it Maybe we'll we'll tap into the word excited. Maybe I'll put a toe in there, but not maybe that that quite that much. But you know, with the Formula One race coming here, oh. I can't wait to see what that looks like. That's going to be insane. I have no idea who's racing. <laughs> I don't care really. It's but I can't great. wait to see what it looks like. It's going to look great. I mean, the thing is, they had like every draft pick when it got later into the drafts around like the around the Ravens pick is when I kind of saw it. At the uh, the uh, like the twenty fifth twenty fifth overall pick is when it kind of started getting dark. Right. Um. You saw the high roller start changing into the team's colors. Oh, it was every so team's colors. Good. And then like all like the walls were lit up with different lights on the team's colors flashing back and forth. And then the giant draft stage, you just get bombarded with their draft and playing cards and stuff like that. It was, it was just mag. It was a literally it was like a, it was like a Vegas show already. And then they're just you're just sitting there waiting for a draft pick for your favorite team to hope that your future is going to be great. I mean, that's why I love living in this city. Oh. I, I absolutely. Uh, by the way, Kyle Hamilton's going to be fantastic for the Baltimore, oh, and I am so, so mad. I'm so mad about that. <laughs> okay, I'm I was so going to go glad, but that. you okay? Um, I'm so happy about that with Kyle because I don't want guys that I root for, and of course Kyle was from Notre Dame, so that's that's why. But yeah. I don't want them going early. I don't want them going to garbage teams. I want them to go and have a chance at success and the win. And look, when you're a defensive player, obviously you have more of a a chance to stand out. But I just want him to have success. He's a great kid. And I know people that know him personally. And I'm happy he's going to Baltimore because I think he can have a lot of success there. Oh, he's going to kill it in Baltimore. I wanted him in Philadelphia. Oh, that's I why I'm mad about that. I wanted him in Philadelphia so I could see him dominate the Cowboys twice a year. That's why I wanted. Man, we live rent free in your heads, don't we? <laughs> it's unbelievable. It, it, what, what has it been, Steve? Twenty uh, six years since Dallas won a Super Bowl. Yeah, since ninety six. Yeah. Still, the hate. Yeah. The hate, man. What? I mean, Jesus. When did you worry about five hundred first? I don't even remember that. <laughs> I don't even remember that, to be honest. Um, but anyway, that's great. And, and I'm, you know, and I will say this. We'll take a break in, in a minute. But I will say this. I think a turning point in this city, and no matter how bad it was at the time and how long we've talked about it uh, to this day, I think a turning point in this city was the NBA All-Star Game. Yep. And from a standpoint of how do we handle crowds of this size, putting on big events, I that was the one time that I, I felt like Las Vegas was overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. And, and they were. There yeah. was no doubt about it. And ever since that time, they learned a lot. 
and they have never put on a poor event since, no matter what the size was. And you could say all you want to how, you know, I don't love EDC, but you could say what you want. Every single year, they come up with a way to get people in and out of there as quickly as possible. They police it well. Something Los Angeles didn't do, which is why it's here. Now, yes, has there been issues? Yeah, yeah, that's the nature of the event. Yeah. But for the most part, the city does a fantastic job with whatever uh, whatever comes here. And, And I think the draft, which I think some said was, what, the biggest event that we've ever had here as a city? 100% it was. Something like that? Yeah. I mean, it's certainly one of the top. It has to be top three, in my opinion. It has to be number one. I, I don't <laughs> think they've ever held an event that was, like, outside for sure. That was 100,000 people. And everybody I talked to, Steve, says it was great. Yeah. Nobody complained. You know, the sun was on everybody for a while fantastic job with the water that's the one thing that i i thought about i'm like where is this water coming from to keep these guys you know up it was insane so that's good okay uh we're gonna take a quick break when we come back alex wright will join us from the rj we'll talk a little bit about unlv football and we'll dig a little bit digger into uh further into unlv athletics as he covers everything over there STN Sports is the only sports betting app you need this season. STN Sports has it all. In-play betting, mobile parlay cards, the Play Plus card to fund and withdraw from anywhere in Nevada, and up to a $100 new sign-up bonus. STN Sports even lets you earn rewards for every bet. Safe and easy betting from your phone or tablet. Go to stationcasinosports.com or sign up at any station casino or wildfire. Complete details available at all sportsbooks. Oasis Bar and Grill at 4955 South Decatur near the corner of Trop has been totally renovated. It features incredible food with a kitchen that's open 24-7. Gaming promotions every month. There are cashback drawings for loyal players. The banquet room is spacious and a great venue for any type of function. Sports fans won't miss any of the action with HDTVs throughout the property. Oasis is a great place to meet and make new friends. The staff is fun and engaging. Get in on the fun with great food, great drink, and gaming promotions at Oasis Bar and Grill, 4955 South Dakota. Experience the thrill of the grill. John Smith Subs is home of the famous steak bomb and other premium deli subs with grilled-to-order marinated sirloin steak, grilled chicken, farm fresh veggies, and delicious bread baked daily. Our subs are making a name for themselves with quality and flavor. Add an order of piping hot french fries and you have a meal you can't get anyplace else. Experience the thrill of the grill at John Smith Subs. Visit johnsmithsubs.com to find a location near you. Hey, Golden Knights fans, I'm attorney Adam Kuttner. I'm proud to be an official partner of the Vegas Golden Knights. We're giving you the chance to play at home along with the Golden Knights to win home game tickets through our power play giveaway. Each time the Golden Knights are on a power play, we'll pick one of my Twitter followers who tags me on Twitter with the hashtag Adam Kuttner power play. And when the Golden Knights score, that lucky fan wins tickets to the Fortress. So make sure to follow me on Twitter. Go Knights, go! Calling all Vegas Golden Knights super fans for the Terribles game day giveaway. During all of Vegas Golden Knights home games, visit any participating Terribles location, make a qualifying purchase, get a scratch card, enter on the Terribles app, and you could win a $1,000 Golden Knights shopping spree! best yet one lucky customer will win this prize every day the vegas golden knights have a home game terribles game day giveaway it's only at terribles visit terribles.com for more details oasis bar and grill at 4955 south decatur near the corner of trop has been totally renovated it features incredible food with a kitchen that's open 24 7 gaming promotions every month there are cashback drawings for loyal players the banquet room is spacious and a great venue for any type of function sports fans won't miss any of the action with hdtvs throughout the property oasis is a great place to meet and make new friends the staff is fun and engaging Get in on the fun with great food, great drink, and gaming promotions at Oasis Bar and Grill, 4955 South Decatur. 
STN Sports is the only sports betting app you need this season. STN Sports has it all. In-play betting, mobile parlay cards, the Play Plus card to fund and withdraw from anywhere in Nevada, and up to a $100 new sign-up bonus. STN Sports even lets you earn rewards for every bet. Safe and easy betting from your phone or tablet. Go to StationCasinoSports.com or sign up at any Station Casino or Wildfire. Complete details available at all sportsbooks. Welcome back to Sportsbook Radio from the Brian Blessing Studio in Las Vegas. That's Stevie Slapshot. It's Chris Moose Johnson to my right. I'm Dana Lane. Thanks for joining us. And there's a significant reason why we're playing this song right now. There is. That I know, but I have no idea who does it. It's the Beatles. Oh, is that right? Yeah. <laughs> you can tell that was Paul? Uh, no, I get kicked. I'm kicked out of the sentence. I've never been a huge... My, my wife loves the Beatles. My kids like the Beatles. All right. I hope they're I, listening. They're not. Well, I hope they're not. My daughter's homesick today. Oh, I'm sorry. <sighs> it's always something. It's like, you know what? Stop. You know. Eat some dinner. <laughs> Stop. You know. And live like a person. Uh, and then, you know, she wakes up and her stomach doesn't feel good. Hmm. Anyway. Okay. Well, that's another show. All right, um, let's bring in our first guest from the Las Vegas Review Journal, who covers UNLV football, UNLV golf, UNLV everything. I mean, it's uh, there isn't anything that he doesn't cover. And and Alex, uh, did you want to sing Happy Birthday to your friend that I didn't even know <laughs> that you guys were friends until the other day? But but Chris, the Moose Johnson is turning twenty tomorrow. Yep, tomorrow. 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 So yeah, I I would be more than happy to sing happy birthday to, to Chris. This is uh, we're uh, good friends, and I was uh, really excited to hear that he was going to be on on the show, working on the show with you guys. So Chris, uh, from me, everybody at the, at UNLV, the student newspaper, everybody at UNLV, happy birthday, my dear friend, and uh, very proud of all the things that you're doing. Thank you so much, Alex. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, he's gonna get. He's got to get up on a mic more. Have you have you have you taught him that, or have you have them? I actually blow out the mics at UNLV. So this is like you do first, what? I blow out the mic sometimes. I mean, UNLV. is there anything you don't do over there? I do a lot. I do a lot. He does do a lot. I do a lot at UNLV. He's right on the mic now. <laughs> I know because I'm like I'm so close I mean, to he's, it now. He's having a my nose is on the mic. Yeah. I have to. Uh, he's having a relationship with it now. All right. Okay. So Alex, uh, yesterday uh, the Rebel depth chart came out. Uh, that's always you know good to kind of to look at. I mean, any surprises? Anything that jumps out at you? Uh, just looking at this, we we know that you know college football season's uh, obviously a little ways away, and things could change. But uh, obviously, I've, you probably are looking at the skill positions. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, definitely. Um, first off, just one of the big things that stands out is is the you know wide receivers, right? And, and Marcus Arroyo has, has talked a lot about. The depth at, at wide receiver there, you got guys like uh, Kyle Williams and Zyle uh, Griffin, who uh, are young guys that have uh, played a lot their first couple of years. Uh, Kyle Williams is a, is a starter, and then you've got some transfers coming in, like like a Ricky White from, uh, from Michigan State, who's uh, at the top, one of the top receivers on, on the depth chart there. Uh, and then another name that uh, a lot of people haven't been talking about, Jeff Weimer. We've had a pretty good spring so far. Uh, you know, made some nice plays during the spring showcase at, at the Legion Stadium. He's projected as a as a starter right there. Um, you know, backing up uh, these guys got Seneca McKee, another uh, junior college uh, transfer that the Rebels are high on. You got Demetrio Nathan, another guy that the Rebels are high on too. So, uh, you know, the wide receivers uh, are, are appear to be a, a pretty big uh, strength of, of this team, and that's something that. That Marcus Arroyo and and you know everybody else on the offense has really been talking up about. So we'll we'll see how that how they uh, develop over the you know over the fall and then 
um, how they produce during the during the season. Okay, and then what about at the quarterback position, which is a position that you know everybody probably points to uh, to begin with. Uh, it's, it's been a little bit of a, a back and forth and a musical chairs there, but it looks like Brumfield uh, coming out of spring at least is is going to be the number one guy. Yeah, right now him uh, it has Brumfield or Cameron Field listed on the the death chart as, as the starter. Um, you know, obviously we. Don't expect uh, Mark Soroya to, to name a, a starter after spring, and we I don't expect him to name one until you know the probably the first game. We'll probably find out that first game who the start starter is going to be. Um, you know, it, it, it's kind of uh, interesting for me looking at this at first glance at seeing Harrison Bailey, the Tennessee transfer, behind Brumfield and Friel, given how much praise ba- uh, Bailey has uh, received from Arroyo and, and his teammates this spring. Uh, and also, given that Real uh, hasn't been practicing that much with the, with the injury, and then uh, as, we, as you know, the snow and Brumfield entered the transfer portal and, and entered and uh, came back. But uh, you know, Bailey um, has had some moments, but really hasn't uh, done a. I don't feel like he's done a whole lot to uh, give over you know the the team that that confidence that you know he could be that uh, number one guy yet. Um, I don't feel like there's a lot of separation between. Uh, these three, I feel like it, it, it could go any way after the fall. But uh, one thing uh, Arroyo uh, has talked a lot about with Brumfield, and we saw it when he was healthy, is that his, his uh, feet add a whole lot to uh, to the offense. You know, he's a can be a, a dynamic runner and, and help the Rebels out in the in the run game, especially you know this season with uh, without Charles Williams. So, uh, you know, if Brumfield is is healthy, um, you know, connects with these you know new wide receivers and and can still be a threat on on his feet. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him as the starter and possibly given the Rebels the best chance to win some games this season. I mean, with Harrison Bailey, is it just a matter of if everybody's close? You know, if I'm Marcus Arroyo, I'm looking at this and saying, hey, look, you know what, we're going to put this kid third on a depth chart because – you know, you're not going to get handed anything. We we know you're you know transfer from Tennessee, and we want you to earn everything that you have here. Just because you're coming in from a you know a, a power five school, that doesn't mean you're going to get handed the the starting job. Is there some of that, or has he just not been impressive? Yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's uh, it's both. Um, you know, as I practiced the other day, and, and you know, and what the media is allowed to watch of the, of the practice. You know, ba- Bailey was the he was the uh, him and one of the walk-ons, Matt Eater. They were the only two quarterbacks practicing with uh, Freeland and Brumfield. Uh, you know, uh, sitting out due to you know, precautionary reasons. And uh, you know, uh, Bailey kind of he missed some uh, red zone throws. You know, they were working on some red zone stuff from the ten yard line. He missed some throws, had some overthrows. Um, you know, that that didn't look too good. Um, so I, I think that uh, you know, like I mentioned, he, he hasn't really seen a whole lot. Like I know in the spring game, there wasn't. A drive or, or you know, consecutive plays where Bailey just really showed what you know his showed that he could you know say, hey I'm the number one guy like he made that statement on the field we didn't really see that and I also think that it, it's kind of a statement Arroyo saying to the to the guys is that hey you know we're we're expecting a lot out of this position but we we need you guys to play at at a high standard to help this offense and the team be successful. And uh, I think he's kind of sending a little bit of a message that, hey, uh, I haven't seen that from anybody so far. Obviously, somebody could develop during the fall and, and take that job. Uh, they have a uh, freshman from uh, from Liberty High School, Jaden Mayavia, coming in uh, in the uh, in the summer. That's gonna. I don't think he'll challenge for the job right away, but he could push these guys some more. So I, I think it's uh, I think it's you know about you know. 60 of you know Bailey's performance not being up to standard, and then about 40 or so of Arroyo kind of just sending a message to, to Bailey and, and to you know everybody else that you know this is this is a close competition. It's probably going to come down to the you know final week of, of practice before the first game, and you know anybody can can take it, but but somebody has to step up and take it. And let me ask you about what I've always considered to be, you know, this this area has to work before anything else works. I mean, along their offensive line, it looks like they're going to have three seniors, at least that's what's listed on the depth chart, which is great. You have two sophomores. But my question is, are they big enough? Are they going to be uh, – Is do you just – are they still not – 
big enough to be able to – and maybe this is why you need a mobile quarterback, and, and Brumfield certainly fits that bill. If you're not going to be uh, an offensive line that can protect a quarterback for you know three to four seconds uh, without there being pressure, I mean, I, I, that's probably why Brumfield is number one at this point. Are they big enough to be able to – be effective in the run block and then also give Brumfield time. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, last year they, they had some injuries and they had some guys uh, moving around uh, on some spots due to those injuries. Um, you know, they talking with uh, Lee Faltanu, who's, uh, who's the center, who's one of the captains on the team. Um, you know, he, he, he's liking how the looking at the line as a whole and just talking about how the, the continuities really been there this spring and and they're they're as a group they're feeling pretty confident of, about uh about the the starting five as a whole he, he said there's some guys in the in the third uh, second team that he, he likes like a brandon logan that could step up if needed um he's also been high on, on nichols at uh, preston nichols at that left guard uh position and then had talked about how he kind of has helped uh the the offensive line and uh helped still avoid that julio garcia uh, left when he graduated. Uh, obviously, you know, in, in the spring and what, what we've seen, you know, time time will tell uh, on if this line gets uh, can play up to a level. But but I do expect them to, to be improved this year with with the you know continuity second year under you know new offensive line coach TJ uh, Woods. Um, you know, second year you know together with you know uh, Lee. You know he's uh, he's grown a lot, and uh, Roy talked about his leadership, and everybody's been talking about his leadership. And you know I, I expect him to to be to be better this season, to be to be more consistent. But uh, you know it it you know we really won't know until the until the first game starts. And I don't want to ever be unrealistic, although I don't believe in not setting expectations. I don't think as a as a fan base, if we don't set expectations, then we can never, uh, the, you know, they'll never, you know, I guess they'll have them internally, but there also has to be this secondary. And I think what you're, you're seeing with the Knights is there's expectations amongst the fan base. And I don't think that's a, that's a negative thing. So what I think we need to move on to is obviously they want to win inside the program. There's expectations, but what we need to move on to is expectations in the fan base. So with that, with that being said, what sort of realistic expectations can Rebel fans set for the team this year? Yeah, I mean they, you know, they have a, you know, a, a tough schedule with some, you know, good teams. They go, they play Notre Dame, uh, they play a, a pretty good North uh, Texas team. They have Cal as as well, and then the Mountain West is, uh, you know, it's it's uh, taking some good steps to be a you know a tough conference for for them. Um, I, you know, it, it's hard to say on on a number, but uh, you know, in, in terms of what fans could expect, I mean, I, I think you know, this team might be around four wins or so. Yeah. Okay. That, yeah, that's something fans could say. But uh, I'm not. You know, I'm sure they're expect. You know, the people in the program are expecting higher. And uh, you know, I, I don't know if uh, you know what uh, Eric Harper, the new athletic director, has said to Marcus Arroyo as far as. What his expectations are are they are they you know they might be higher than that so yeah. we'll see if, if they can reach that mark yeah because you don't want to as obviously as, as Marcus Royal doesn't want to walk around saying you know we want four wins this year I mean obviously yeah. I think even for him to exceed expectations is for them to make a bowl game. If they do yeah. that, I think that far exceeds expectations. I think your expectations are a little bit more realistic at four wins and I think for a fan base, I think as long as you see the program moving forward, and I don't know how it can't move forward. I don't know how you can't sell Vegas, and I don't know how you, you cannot sell Allegiant Stadium. And and all the things that go into being part of this community, including you know rubbing shoulders with the Raiders, and you got the Golden Knights right up there. I mean, we, as a city, offer a lot more than... I think anybody in the Mountain West, honestly, sorry, San Diego State, but I mean, that's my personal opinion. So with that being said, and I know they still don't spend a lot of money on the program by comparison to other other teams in the conference, but 
still, it's a reasonable expectation to expect them to move forward. And I think four wins next year is reasonable. And I also think even if you lose games, say you lose to Notre Dame, which you know is, is likely going to happen, but it's how you look in those losses. Uh, are you playing 60 minutes? Are you not playing fourth quarters? Are you committing a lot of penalties? You know, I remember in the past, Alex, that you know, they'd go on the road and play big-time opponents and just absolutely be outclassed from, from kickoff. And, and it's, you, you accept the losses, but what I don't want to accept is being outclassed. And, and so that's kind of where my expectations are. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, we saw it in, in that first season, that COVID-shortened season, where the Rebels just, they just weren't in any of those, uh, of those games that, that they, they played from the opening kickoff, opening drive. They, you know, they were, you know, behind and, and could never just dig themselves back. Um, we saw it in this, you know, set last year that while they were, you know, inconsistent at, at times, uh, they had chances late in the fourth quarter to try to come back and win the game or try to hold on to the lead. I think it was like something like six or seven one score uh, losses, and that you know that is some um, some progress. And and for this year, you're going to want to see the Rebels uh, obviously be more consistent, uh, play better with the lead. And if those fourth quarter uh, opportunities present themselves, like they need to get a stop or they need a drive to to get a score to tie the game or take the lead, you're going to you know this year we're going to need to see if the Rebels can uh, can convert on those chances and and finish off in the first fourth quarter and finish off in those games. And if, if they are able to, then, you know, that's definitely one of the signs of, of a significant improvement in the program. Okay, so, Alex, kind of straight away from, you know, UNLV as a program and just in general in Las Vegas football, we did have the draft yesterday. And, of course, you and me, we had a back and forth uh, this week, and it's going to be coming up today um, about our mock draft. I kind of want to know, who do you think won the draft after kind of both you and me kind of talking about it for the last three or four weeks now? Well, well, Chris, um, to talk about winning the draft, you know, I, I'll give you an early birthday present and say that uh, I feel like your Eagles well, uh, won the this. draft. Uh, um, I, you know, they they addressed their uh, receiver uh, need by adding uh, AJ Brown. Uh, I think that was a definitely you know they could have gone a receiver in the draft, but they decided to uh, to trade for for AJ Brown and then uh, adding on the uh, you know. Uh, D line with uh, with Jordan Davis was uh, was a great move. I know that's one of the names you you talked about uh, that you uh, would have liked to see. Um, there, obviously, there's still some uh, you know things Davis might have to prove at the, at the next level in, in the NFL. But um, overall, I feel like that the the Eagles they they had a pretty good uh, pretty good draft day. And I mean, you got you look at the Jets too. I mean, the Jets got three first round picks and they got Jermaine Johnson at 26. You and me both kind of talked about him going at 10. It's it's kind of interesting seeing how they were able to kind of handle that draft board. I mean, I feel like they got to be in this conversation as well as the Giants. Yeah, I mean, you know, definitely. I mean, two, you know, those are two teams in, in two big cities that that need you know, they they need they need a lot of help, right? They they need uh, they need these these star players to uh, to help them and to become you know relevant and to become. Winners again, and you you look at uh, you know the, the needs that that they uh, did you know with the Jets getting uh, you know Sauce Gardner uh, as as a quarterback, and then getting uh, Garrett Wilson. Uh, I know I you know that we joked about that Wilson to, to Wilson connection possibly with <laughs> Zach Wilson and Garrett Wilson, right? So that could be a, a big thing for them, and then uh, the uh, the you know the Giants, you know securing uh, Tavon Thibodeau, which we had, you know, no idea where where he was going to go. Was he going to be a high pick, or was he going to, you know, drop down, let drop down in the draft? And then they, they also picked up some some help on that offensive line too. So, uh, you know, the, the New York teams, right? They 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 need a they needed a, a big uh, a big boost, and and hopefully for them, you know, as they try to turn things around, this is is the beginning, and this is the mark of them uh, turning it around with with those uh, draft picks that they secured. Alex, I think there were. Let me turn on my mic. Alex, I think there were several teams that that, that won. The, the teams that you guys have already mentioned, I, I would throw in the Lions as well with Hutchinson and Williams. I, I think a, a big win there, and, and the Steelers. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, uh, definitely there with the with the Steelers. Um, you know, you felt like that they kind of 
were going to go possibly with with the quarterback there at their spots, and uh, you know there there were no quarterbacks taken. I was a little bit uh, surprised that uh, you know Kenny Pickett was the was the only quarterback taken. I mean we we've seen it a lot in the past with uh, NFL drafts, and I know that this uh, class there wasn't a lot of uh, hype around the, some of the quarterbacks as far as or there wasn't a, the pool wasn't as deep with some top end guys, but we've seen it in the, in the past where. Uh, where you know teams reach for a quarterback because they feel like they need a quarterback or they try to outthink the room and be like, hey, this guy in you know two or three years could be a, a star. But uh, you know the, the Steelers, you know, stayed uh, stayed patient and, and they got the, you know Kenny Pickett, who I feel like that they like and you know to be in a few years to be a the, the starter possibly or, or someone that they really like there. So yeah, I definitely feel like the Steelers did a. Did it did a good job there as well. I, I wasn't surprised that, that, that I, I it wouldn't have shocked me, Alex, if if no quarterbacks were taken in the first round. I, you know, yeah. Pickett had one good year essentially at, at Pittsburgh in my mind. And look, and he may work out. And, and, and they've got a good offensive line there. They've got a great defensive uh, package there at Pittsburgh. So there's no pressure on this guy. Um, I, I, I think I think it may work out. But but there. It wouldn't have surprised me at all if, if if no quarterbacks got taken in the first round. I didn't feel like either guy that was mentioned, the the, the kid from Liberty as well, that, that they were really first round guys. Now, but again, I I think for Pittsburgh, for him falling to twenty, you take a shot. He's from Pittsburgh. You know, he he's got a big advantage having played on that field already. He's already played at Heinz Field. Yeah. You know, his whole college career. So um, I I don't have a problem there. But there, there wasn't there wasn't that quarterback class. You know, that said, hey, which quarterback goes first? And, you know, there's three guys in the first round and so forth. Um, I, I just didn't feel that this year. I, I thought there were a lot of good pieces out there to be picked up. And I think the teams, for the most part, did a good job at, at filling needs and, and, and bringing guys in, the, in in a spot where I think they'll do well. Uh, most, of the, most of the picks in the first round landed in good spots, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, definitely right. And, um, you know, we touched on the, uh, like this, you know, the skill position guys, the wide receivers. Um, and, and the defensive ends, right? We, we've seen this kind of trend these past couple of years where having a uh, having weapons for your quarterbacks to uh, to throw to, right? Uh, bolstering the wide receiver room, or helping the O line, or or getting that dynamic pass rusher on defense who could get a bunch of sacks is is, is kind of the uh, kind of more of the the trend now uh, these past couple of years in, in the draft and. Uh, you know, as, as you mentioned, these uh, these quarterback prospects. You know, you know, I feel like that's a lot of these teams are just kind of looking at the at times, kind of look at the best player uh, available, and, and are kind of just you feel like feel more comfortable, kind of just playing the the waiting game. I feel like uh, on these quarterbacks, if, if they fall to them in the second or, or third round, you know, they might be willing to take a chance if a team feels like they uh, need need a quarterback. We'll see how that uh, that goes. Possibly, maybe the. The Lions might be in the uh, market for a quarterback. Maybe we'll see what, if they do that on, on this second day. But uh, yeah, definitely. You know, the, the you know the teams are. I feel like are you know looking at the draft as a as a whole and then looking at every position group and every uh, every way and every just any guy possible to help them improve their team, whether it's a. Defensive end or wide receiver. Yeah, well, Alex, we appreciate you coming on the show. All the best to you, and maybe we'll see Malik go to Tennessee. They haven't been able to elevate themselves under Tannehill, but appreciate your time very much, and wish you nothing but the best. Thanks for having me on, Dana. All right, there he goes, Alex Wright from the RJ, and that does it for Sportsbook Radio. We'll be back with Vegas Hockey Hotline. Jamison Coyle will join us in the latter part of the show.